the Samsung Neo QLED 8K TV featuring incredible color volume with 8K AI upscaling powered by 20 neural networks on an impossibly slim screen is the kind of TV that's so visually astounding, so unfathomably well designed, it has to be seen to be believed. Don't believe me? Well, okay then. Radio has its limits. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. To In the Know, the Bourbon Street Shots Podcast. We're your hosts, Shemit Dua and Mason Ginsberg, and this is all Pelicans all the time. Welcome to In the Know. We have a breaking trade pod that I don't have words to describe, but a trade happened. It was a big one. Mason, um, dude, big trade. Stuff, stuff <laughs> happened. Stuff happened. I, How are you? <laughs> what, are you, what are your thoughts? No, no. Uh, scaling it back. Okay. Big old trade happened uh, this, this afternoon. And while it's not official yet, it can be expanded. It's not finalized or anything, right? The current framework of the deal is well, hold on, Pelican- hold oh, on. It, it oh, may oh, as well be, it oh. may as well be finalized because did you see what happened uh, with the Pelicans Twitter like an hour ago? <laughs> they <laughs> had tweeted about the tenth pick. Yeah, they just get a, clearly a scheduled tweet to, set to come out at nine thirty for God knows what reason, and then just instantly deleted as soon as people started reacting to it. So, huh. so even though it's not official, Pelicans Twitter is acting like it, it's official. So. <laughs> Right. So, okay. Trade the details. The Pelicans are sending out the the tenth pick, Eric Bledsoe, Stephen Adams, the fortieth pick in this current draft, and a top ten protected twenty twenty two first round pick from the Lakers, not their own, the Lakers pick. In return, they are receiving Jonas Valanciunas the number 17th pick and the 51st pick in this current draft. Those are the meaty, meaty, meaty details. Um, I guess the other meaty details are what, uh, you know, what kind of cap savings that they're generating here um, without getting too much in the weeds on the cap stuff right now, because we're going to get way into the weeds and that shit later. Um, the Pelicans have now the, have the ability to, generate 36 ish million dollars in cap going forward if they want to renounce all of their free agents and whatnot so mason details trade thoughts um i like it uh i don't love it but if i guess how i phrase it before is if the if the options were do this or do nothing i do this and so um obviously and this is something i know we've discussed uh, internally already it depends on what comes next, but I think straight up, and, and I, I don't know, I may have a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a bias coming into this because of what we were, what it was first rumored to be. So this trade was first came out that, you know, the Pelicans are talking about Bledsoe and 10 for 17. And I thought to myself, well, that that's kind of shitty. Um, and so I, 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 I was just 
you know, the one thing I was hoping the Pelicans wouldn't do is just use use a, a picks to to move Bledsoe. I, I thought there had to be something bigger planned. That the 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 money isn't that detrimental to the team where you've got to just downgrade in the draft and get off Bledsoe. So as long as there's some there's a bigger picture in mind, and we'll find out in the coming days probably, um, you know, what that bigger picture is starting to look like. Um, that would have to be part of the calculus here. And so now we get this bigger trade. We get this bigger trade with Stephen Adams uh, going out as well. You get Jonas Valanciunas, who's a better player uh, by all accounts. Um, and his contract runs out a year quicker. So it's on, you know, it expires after this next season. Um, and you're giving away what should be a late first round pick. And, and even if it's not, the Pelicans went went and top 10 protected it. And if, if they don't get, if it doesn't convey, they get, it turns into two seconds. So they, is that covered, the is that the official? That's what it turns into. That that's what I've seen. I, the one thing I don't know is is what. I guess what, it doesn't matter because if you get a top ten pick out the Lakers, does it really matter what else you're giving up? <laughs> I, I you got a top ten pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's so so. I don't know which two seconds would convey in that case, but consider it unlikely. I, I would say vast uh, the vast majority oh, of, no. of, of scenarios <laughs> seconds. Think of the seconds. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're just taking 10 and for, and blood, so for 17 and adding what we're seeing added to it, it definitely, in my opinion, and I'd be curious to get your perspective on this. Cause I think it makes it better for new Orleans. Cause I don't, I don't really see that, that Lakers pick having a ton of value next year. Um, especially with what we saw this year. I don't think um, it would, I don't think, you know, having the same type of year again would sit well with LeBron. <laughs> um, and then obviously his, <laughs> obviously, you know, he's not getting any younger. So I, I, I don't see, um, yeah, I, I expect the Lakers to be very good again next year, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> and so it doesn't give me a lot of heartburn to lose that pick. Right. And Barring it, it, yeah. catastrophe uh, and, and, you know, multiple players get hurt, but the Pelicans insured for that specific catastrophe, right? right? If it's anything in between, it's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, you know, I, I think, um, you know, moving uh, you know, the, the salary relief from Stephen Adams and, you know, we can relitigate that decision all we want. I think we all agree it wasn't a smart one, but moving away from the Stephen Adams contract, getting uh, a better player, not a perfect fit next to Zion, obviously, but a better player. Um, it's, it's, it's a good move. Um, and, and, you know, if the, if you, you, we talk a week from now and the Pelicans end up doing nothing with that added flexibility, I'm going to come back and tell you that this wasn't a good move. Why do we, why, why did we lose draft uh, a draft pick for this? Why do we go down in the first round for this? When we didn't make anything of it. So we'll see. And like I said, we should, we should know quickly uh, over the next few days, but um, that's, that, that's kind of where I am on this. What, what's your thoughts? Yeah, so um, very quick pushback, right? So the the flexibility, uh, they can turn that into a trade exception, and all, and then that gives them a whole year, so they can buy time with said flexibility, right? Obviously, trade exceptions don't put on jerseys to play games, so you're not doing anything meaningful with it until you do something meaningful with it. But Danny Ainge would disagree, right? <laughs> right. I mean, they, they got Evan Fournier out of it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a pathway to a player, but we're going to talk, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a lot about all that stuff. Um, however, with regards to the trade specifically, I think in a vacuum, you, know, you look at the, the sheer amount of salary outgoing, Steven Adams had $35 million uh, left on his contract. 
Bledsoe had 22-ish million left on his contract. So that, that adds up to what, 57, almost 60 million that the, the, the Grizzlies are taking off the Pelicans' hands um, in exchange for moving down seven slots in this draft and getting a, a future first that may not be so good. Uh, I do. I'm, I'm super curious how you go into negotiations being like, okay, I want uh pick 40, but you have to give me 51. I, I just don't know how that part of the negotiation plays out. Like, can you, can you imagine them like making multiple phone calls about that very specific aspect of the trade? <laughs> I mean, I imagine it's, it's something it's, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes some people just need to feel like they're, they're winning certain little things. And I imagine that that plays into it. And Who do you think that was? You think it was Griff being like, okay, we'll give you 40, but God damn it. I need 51 back. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know where to start with that. I mean, I feel like it's just, it depends on where, whether or not the, when pick 41 got put on the, or 40 got put on the table. And then you counter with 50, 51, or I, I don't know. It, it is, it's, it is very interesting to, to think about how those conversations would unfold though. Yeah. And anyway, uh, I mean, I think multiple people have kind of described it, right? So like it, trading Adams and the future Lakers pick for Jonas is a pretty damn good deal. Uh, we can gush all about Jonas if we want to, but we just recorded a podcast with Sean Coleman. Um, and so make sure to check that one out. We cover Jonas in, in depth. We're not going to spend that much time on him as a player in, in this specific pod yet. You know, we might talk about him a little bit and how he fits and, and, and where the Pelicans can go. But really what this trade is about is it's not about the draft picks. Sure. They have 17, 17 is going to be interesting and allows them to, um, you know, make some of those safer picks that you don't feel comfortable making at 10, right. You don't feel like, you can really you should you feel like you should draft for upside at 10, whereas this one, like if a Corey Kispert falls or a Trey Murphy falls, if one of those three and D wings falls, you're like, okay, cool. 17, great, snap them up. Um, that's fine. I I have my own philosophy on that. I think why not at 17 at this point, your roster is gonna be pretty good. Uh Jonas is a good player. If you bring in Kyle Lowry with the cap space, you're gonna have a really good roster. So you're not gonna be relying on that rookie anyway. So why not just take the upside guy at that point? Uh, and, and wait it out because again, Memphis is building a team through sustainability and long term uh, with a long term outlook. Why can't you do that here as well and try to win now? But uh, went on off. I'm tr- I went off on this tangent. Um, didn't mean to. Wanted to get back to the the focus of the trade, which is the flexibility, and that's the flexibility with regards to the cap. Whether they want to open up the full 36 million to go sign players or a specific player. Uh, maybe it, you know the reports are saying it's Kyle Lowry, or or whether they want to take a different approach with it. Um, but first, uh, before we talk about the approaches, Mason, I guess what do you think is is uh, do you think the Pelicans are really fixated on Kyle Lowry? Hmm. Um, you know, I, th- I had my thoughts, but then I read this article on BourbonStreetShots.com by this, uh, this this writer that should be verified at this point. Um, but uh, it, no, uh, so that a little, a little bit jokey, but also I, I think it's, I think it's a really interesting discussion point. I, I think there's likes there. I mean, it makes, it makes a lot of sense on paper. It is scary though. Um, just thinking about that. All we've heard and the Toronto uh, writers will be the first to tell you this is that Lowry wants to go to, he wants to contend. He wants to win a title. And why, why shouldn't he? He's what 35 at this point. Um, so if you're going to go get him, 
and you're a team like New Orleans that isn't quite there, you're going to have to pay for it. And so that's the, that's the scary part. I'm less concerned about the, the, the sign and trade aspect that, as I am about what it costs in terms of years and dollars for him. And so um, I don't think this is, would be shocking to the Pelicans front office either. And so I think that they're, the interest there is real. I would be surprised if this is really their plan A because they've got to know if this is going to be a very expensive move. They're actually going to make it happen. Yeah, so a couple things there. One, it's been rumored that Lowry is looking for three years and something at $30 million a year, which is about $90 million. That's a lot of money to give a 35-year-old Kyle Lowry. I think he has a couple good years left in him. He's clearly very good last year, but my goodness, that's a lot of money to put in the Kyle Lowry basket. And beyond that, if the Pelicans were to do that, what it means is they have to renounce the rights to Josh Hart, to Lonzo Ball, give up the ability to use the full non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which is $9.5 million. They have to give up all of that, and they give the $36 million or whatever that they that they have just created, they're going to have to give 30 of that to Lowry. And that leaves you six, six million to go add another player, which is not that good, right? I mean, maybe at this point you can convince some uh, some players that New Orleans is going to be good and, and they'll have a, good, a big role, blah, 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 blah. But six million is not that much, right? You'll also have the room exception, which is $4.9 million. Again, not that much to make meaningful improvements. And then you have your draft picks. Yeah, and that... I think no. I think one additional point there to to help uh, to, to in you know in favor of, of of what you're saying is there's not really much else. We've talked a lot about the player, the roster, the contracts on this roster, and how you can move them for for things of value. That's not going to be that would not be true anymore. I mean that it, with, <laughs> Adams is gone, Bledsoe's gone. Uh, you could flip Jonas for something else if you really needed to, but I don't, I don't think that's the, I, that that's not the goal. And so you're really out of contracts of meaningful salary amounts that you can realistically move. It's, it's, it's the, it's the new guys, the, the cornerstones of the franchise or the young guys. And so you really are suddenly out of ways to continue upgrading the roster. Yeah. It's, it's not a good look. So Mason, uh, what can they possibly do? Thankfully, I wrote about this. No, um, jokes aside, I don't think it makes sense for the Pelicans to to take this approach, right? I I think, one, you mentioned all the tradable salaries are going to be gone. Two, we talked about Lonzo Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart. I want to focus on those guys a little bit. Lonzo Ball was not moved at the trade deadline. They had an opportunity to trade him for, it looks like, Lowry Marketing, Woj is reporting. They didn't really have any picks on the table. So they didn't move him. So it's just like, okay, fine. You know, like maybe if Larry was on this team, the Pelicans would also not consider bringing him back. I don't know. Regardless, the Pelicans are in a situation now with Lonzo Ball that A, they don't have concern with regards to the tax. They're just so far underneath the tax that they can broadcast to teams. Hey, uh, all our financial concerns are gone. We're going to we're going to hold on to this guy and we're going to match whatever you throw at him. So if you really want him cough up a pick or two, right? Cough up some assets, cough up something real. And and you're looking at Chicago, you're looking at some other teams. 
But the only way you can do that is if you hold on to his rights. And that means holding on to his 27 ish million dollar cap hold. Uh, I would also hold on to Josh Hart's rights for the same reason. If you're holding on to those rights and, and you have Josh Hart's cap hold is 10.4 million, you know, you don't have any cap space. There's no cap space. Those holds take place at that cap space. But what you can do is you generate a trade exception from Memphis. And the trade exception that you have generated is the size of Eric Bledsoe's salary. I know this is pretty hard to follow in podcast format, so just please read the article. Uh, it, it lays it out. It's, it's easier to digest. But long story short, if you want to keep Lonzo Ball or if you want the ability to sign and trade him, you don't generate cap space. You generate the trade exception, which is going to be $18.1 million plus or plus or minus 100000 I mean, it's, it's plus. You get a $100,000 overage that allows you to, to slide in players. There isn't currently an existing player making you know, $18.2 million. So no, we're not worried about that overage, but there are quite a few at the $18 million range or under. Uh, I outlined a few in the article. Um, so what a trade exception would allow the Pelicans to do is a couple things. One, it would allow them to just take on a player from another team that is fits in the exception, right? So I, I talk about Joe Ingles, in utah he makes i think he makes 14 million uh this year i have to double check his salary so he would fit in that utah is gonna have tax problems if they want to retain mike conley so maybe they want to have a smaller tax bill and you're like okay we'll give you a few seconds or a late first you slide us joe angles boom he is in that trade exception now you still have lonzo to work with either to bring back or figure out a sign and trade whatever you want to do right you can bring in a player like Bogdan Bogdanovich from Atlanta. You can bring in Malik Beasley. Um, I had listed Miles Turner, but he clearly does not fit in this at all uh, uh, because the Pelicans just got Jonas uh, Valanciunas. So why bring in uh, another big? But, you know, there's other names out there that the Pelicans can just incentivize teams to give um, by just offering them draft picks. Two, you can sign and trade players into there. So you can go to Dallas and be like, all right, we're going to pay Tim Hardaway Jr. $18 million a year. We'll give you a second round pick if you sign and trade him into our exception. You can do the same with Duncan Robinson. Again, that gives you the flexibility to retain Lonzo or trade him, but also gives you that full $9.5 million MLE, which again could be used as tradable salary. So think of it this way. Let's say you keep Lonzo at 18 million a year. Let's say you bring in another player at 18 million a year. And then you um, sign a player with the NTMLE, which is nine and a half million dollars. You have three rotation players that you have added or presumable rotation players that are also tradable salary. If Damian Lillard asks out next year, how are you going to find the salary to make it work? Um, yeah, with these guys, right? So, so personally, I think instead of generating the cap space, it's way better to keep the flexibility with Lonzo, keep the flexibility with Josh Hart, keep the MLE, and generate this trade exception. Does, does that do you follow? Does that does that make sense? Yeah, um, absolutely does. And I think um, a couple a couple minor caveats, um, mostly for. Uh, 
the, the trade purposes. So, you know, you, you look at, so the sign and trade into the exception is really interesting. You'd always have to, you'd have to pay a second, uh, probably at least a second, because you're also telling that team that they can no longer, you know, they're, they're hard capped. And so I, I think depending on the team you're talking about, it may not matter with Dallas that I feel wait, like, wait, wait, they're not hard cap. We'd be hard cap. We're receiving it. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Um, and, and then the, um, the other point I thought was worth um, mentioning, sorry, I lost my train of thought on this. Um, so, but keep I, ultimately make, makes sense. I had a second point. I can't remember what it was anymore. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game changing product, unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper too by playing their new over under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about over under on sleeper. It's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download sleeper now to play their new over under game and have fun with your friends. And most importantly, make some money. Make sure you use that promo code blue wire and sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download sleeper, then use promo code blue wire. When you deposit terms and conditions apply, see sleepers terms of use for details. Yeah. I mean, look, it's not, it's not perfect, but the advantage with the, with the trade exception is that you get to maintain it for a whole year. You have until next July. So if you reach the deadline and there's, you know, someone who wants to make a move, uh, yeah, there you are to to absorb someone, right? I I would prefer they kind of get this out of the way and add their players now, and you know not yeah. worry about what they're going to do in February. You know, cross that bridge when it comes. But you have that optionality, right? You even have the optionality to you know by when when next off season starts, you'll have like a day, depending on when this is made official, you'll still have a little window to to add there even next off season if you don't use it in that time. So it's just again a little bit of flexibility. You could not yeah. do this whole process right if you if you wanted to just sign two free agents outright and you want to be okay like i don't care about lonzo let him walk for free i don't care about josh hart let him walk i don't care about the mle if you just wanted to sign two free agents you have 36 million um you could do that right you can offer let's say you know it's, let's say it's duncan robinson and i don't know norman powell i'm just making up names here right maybe it's 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 laurie marketing Maybe it's Kelly Olenek. Let's say it's Kelly Olenek and Duncan Robinson, whatever. Just making up names. And you, you can sign those two players outright in that $36 million you have. And if you look at what Atlanta did last year, they had oodles of cash space. The Pelicans don't have as much as Atlanta did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's in a very similar situation where the uh, where Atlanta was like, okay, we're going to sign Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, he was a restricted free agent. And then they also went and signed um Danilo Gallinari those were their two big acquisitions and they used the room exception on Chris Dunn that is that is who they signed with the room exception so if you want to follow the Atlanta model this is what they did they signed two players who they thought would be good and and they brought them in so that's also an option for the Pelicans if if there's two people they can commit to come here yeah and and I remember the other the other point that you know the the way this helps now albeit in very small ways um, you, you have to, there's a time period you've got to wait in order to re-aggregate players. And so if you, you know, doing it now, you could make a move. I, I, I would think as, as early as, as close to the start of the season, not that trades are typically are that prevalent earlier in the season, 
but um, you have that time passage and, and you can, um, you know, restart to consider re-aggregating those players. I don't remember the exact number of days, but by doing it now, you've got Yeah, I time. think it's like November or something. Yeah. Usually, like, if it's a normal calendar year, it's like, yeah, yeah what, whatever. It's, it's, it's usually 30 days after. It's either 30 or 90. Shit. I don't know. Whatever. We can look this up. Unimportant. But you're right. That, that advantage of getting it out of the way now is that you can flip those players later if needed. So what the Pelicans ultimately end up doing with this newfound space is going to shape how I evaluate the trade. Um, again, if they go with Kyle Lowry, they're giving up a whole lot. They're putting a lot of eggs in the Kyle Lowry basket. However, I've stated this multiple times now. Kyle Lowry, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Brandon Ingram, Sion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas. That's an incredible starting five. That's like one of the best starting fives that this team has had across five positions since like, I would say since like, since AD and Boogie were together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's, there's the elephant in the room, which is, you know, um, if you, if you think Lowry is gettable now and then you don't get him, what, who, who's the guy you're waiting for? And so that it's easier for us to, to kind of hypothesize about what the right moves are than it is for Griff and the front office to do this. Because if you don't go get Lowry, if you think he's the best player you can possibly get this offseason, then, and then you can't go get a guy like Dame, maybe Dame ends up, you know, not wanting to come to New Orleans for uh, whatever reason exists that you can't get, you can't trade for Dame Millard if he comes on the available. Can't Bradley, Bradley Beal, for whatever reason says he won't resign in New Orleans. You, you quickly get, you quickly run out of options and, and things get, can get dicey if your team is not performing as well as you think it should. So I, I can see the reason that Griff would, I don't want to say panic, but want to maybe just do the Lowry move because of he's afraid of what might happen later. But that doesn't mean I agree with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I absolutely get that. And I think you, you kind of touched upon a point is like, what if Lowry ends up blocking a Dame trade, you know, next year or, or, or whatever, like you have Kyle Lowry and $60 million left on him. Well, you just found out the cost of moving $60 million. So do you, do you go through that again, in addition to whatever it takes to get Dame? I don't know. You know, I think you are really boxing yourself in and, and betting big on this very particular thing that the Suns managed to pull off and you're hoping to replicate and, care, and you know, capture some of that magic, but boy, oh boy, like it's a, it's a risky bet. Um, fun, fun fact, fun fact. Guess whose salary fits into the $36 million that the Pelicans can create? Uh, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal (laughs) makes $34.5 million. So what the Pelicans can do is just take him right off their books and send him a bunch of picks. And then also if they want young players, they can do that but there would be massive, massive cap savings um, for well, you know what they, what, here's what I think I believe the Pelicans can do is they can take Bradley Beal into their cap and then send out salary that, that, you know, th- through young players, right? So let's say it's Jackson, Nikhil, whatever that matches a bad contract out there. Let's say it's Davis Bertans and that can create a really incentivizing situation 
for uh, Washington is because they're also getting off of Burton's contract and they're getting picks and young players and you, massive salary relief. Do you think they care though, if they're trading Bradley Beal to get off of, of, of contracts like that, or wouldn't they just kind of like say, screw it, we'll eat this and just. Bro, the Pelicans went out of their way to dump Solomon Hill when, when Anthony <laughs> Davis had, yeah. I mean, look, I think if you're rebuilding, why have it? I mean, I, I get it. You can, you can afford to eat it, but if a team is offering to take it off of you and you're getting assets and more, like, why not? Why not? Right. Yeah. Like if you if you have the ability, because like when you when you're trading a superstar, you have that rare ability to really press down and be like, yeah, uh, I want you to eat our bad contracts and give us young players and give us picks, blah, 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 blah. You can do that. Um, so, yes, uh, Damian Lillard, for the record, does not fit into that. CJ McCollum does, but I don't think the Pelicans should be in the business of helping out the Portland Trailblazers in any of their endeavors because they should be aiming at Lillard, who will eventually ask out, in my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, I think what I'm super curious about is how you personally view Jonas Valanciunas as an asset moving forward. So as far as, you know, this, so this season and beyond, as as in like what, hmm. So it's. Yeah, let's say this season at the deadline, right? So mm -hmm. like what do you let's say for example Jackson Hayes is playing out of his mind you're like okay he's ready we can move Jonas there's probably a world where Jonas is the best big available yeah at the deadline right so like I'm, I'm curious what you think his value would be especially as an expiring you know league-wide and then and then could you see a future what would make you comfortable re-signing him both for what you see on the court and, and and monetarily wise like what would be your number um depending on what you see like where, where's your head at with that um my 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 gut reaction is that i don't see him as a guy that's going to be long for for this team um and no disrespect to him i just think that the pelicans will as zion grows and matures they're going to want to find a player who is a more seamless fit with him. And, and I think Jonas is an upgrade from Adams in that regard, but I don't necessarily think he's a fit. Uh, he's a perfect fit. Combine that with what you mentioned about Jackson Hayes' team. They're clearly high on him. I would imagine they want him to have more of a role. And Jonas is, he's a, he's a, he's a damn good starter. So I, I don't think you would take kindly to saying, okay, well, we want to kind of split your minutes with Jax. We want to move you to the bench. And so, I mean, I, I think Jonas is a guy who, so he just turned 29. I, I think his, his game, will should age reasonably well um he's had some injury issues in the past not nothing too terrible though i i, I wouldn't be worried about uh, about his health I, at this point so if the opportunity presents itself to move him at the deadline and you can you know and and it's not going to be a major setback uh to your win-loss record in season i think it makes a lot of sense to do it just because i don't i don't see this I don't see Jonas as a guy the Pelicans are going to overinvest in and on his next contract. I, th I think that's fair. What what I'm curious is, is there a trade out there today, right now, where you would flip Jonas one to one? So, like, let's say the Kings came calling, or let's say Charlotte came calling. You know, people who have um, needs for a center, and is there a trade that they can be like, here's what we're offering you? that you agree to immediately? I, 
I think yes. I mean, I, I, I don't know of the specific players in these scenarios, but I'm not, I, I'm not that enamored with Jonas and, and, and his fit on this Pelicans team where I'm not, where I, I wouldn't be worried about or where I would be worried about moving him. I, I think that there's, you can, if you find a guy that's going to fit this roster better, you can, you can figure out the center position later. How hilarious would it be is if Charlotte knocks on your door and says, here's pick 11 and they will take Jonas outright into their cap space. And so you have functionally <laughs> turned pick 10 into 11 and 17 and a shit ton of cap space. Come on. There's no way that Memphis didn't make that call. Who knows, man? <laughs> Maybe they really wanted 10 and not 11 specifically. But no, what's funny is because um, I, I, a similar incident happened last year. I, I don't know. the I forgot the exact specifics, but like I think 2023 20, was traded for like 25 and 27. Oh, no, it was traded for like 25 and 30. And then the person who got 23 then flipped it for like 24 and 28. Like it was immediately better deal in 24 hours. Uh, that happened last year. And I, and the, like the teams involved were the Knicks, the Jazz, and the, the Wolves. I don't remember the exact specifics, but it was like literally 24 hours later. It was like the day of the draft. I'm like, fuck it, let's, let's do this. And they had an immediate return um, on that. So you never know. You never know. But I, I you know, that would be hilarious if that was an outcome. I wonder if the Kings, you know, what aside from Jonas, if the Kings offer you, I, I would I would definitely call up the Kings and be like, look, we know you want to try to sign for Sean Holmes. He has early bird rights. He doesn't have the full bird rights, and his salary was so low that you aren't going to be adequately able to pay him unless you create cap space. You become a cap room team. So that means you need to either get rid of one of Paris and Barnes cleanly, or Buddy Healed cleanly. Now, my question to you is they probably won't compensate you for taking Barnes. So would you rather give up a pick? Um, let's say it's a late pick, a very a lightly, you know, like a, a very late pick either. Or, yeah, let's say it's a very late pick. Let's say it's one of the Milwaukee picks, right? And you can, you know, you protect the top 10 like you did for the Lakers here. Uh, for Harrison Barnes, and you put that into your cap space. Or, you know, would you rather, if, they, if the Kings offer you a future first, to take on Buddy Heald. So would you rather pay for Barnes or be compensated for Heald? So, so Jonas is not a part of this. We're not saying he's going out. Correct. This is just your $36 million in cap space that you are calling around and seeing if people want to, you know, launder their money into it. <laughs> Interesting terminology. Um, hmm. uh, so I think I lean towards Buddy just because of the way the other players on this roster, I feel like I've got enough creation um, across BI and Zion to, and and presumably they're going to get a lead guard alongside those guys. Um, Obviously not Kyle Lowry in this this scenario, but I I think I'd rather be paid for buddy. Um, But Man, it's 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 not an easy call for me. I I because I think Barnes fits this team really, really well. Yeah, I mean, I you know, one thing you have to consider is in, in, in both of these transactions, it's it's that world where you don't have Lonzo Hart and then the MLE, whatever. You're just 
strictly functioning as a cap space team and 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 seeking to maximize it so like barnes makes less than buddy barnes makes about 21 million so with 36 he would leave you 15 or so 15 or 14 to go sign someone else mm-hmm. um which i think you can get an impactful player for for 15 14 like you might be able to pull uh you might even be able to pull like evan fournier out of that or you know like you probably get kelly Oubre, who becomes redundant if you get barnes um that you probably get larry mark and then you can probably get kelly Olenek. You could probably get Doug McDermott. You could probably get Patty Mills. You know, there's, there's a number of players that you can get for about 15 mil, I think. Um, whereas Buddy makes about 24 this year, I want to say. So you have a little bit less space. The difference is about two and a half million this year. between. The okay. Two. So, yeah, you'd have about 12-ish million with, with Buddy, which is more than the MLE. So you'd be able to bid out those non-cap room teams uh, for, for some players. But I don't know. I mean, I think – I think it's interesting. I would definitely, but yeah, I think I would, again, I don't want to be married to Kyle Lowry. I would be exploring all of these options. Like does, you know, does Utah want to give me Boyan Bogdanovich? Do they want to give me Joe Ingles? Do they, you know, does, um, you know, what does, does Memphis, not Memphis, does uh, Charlotte want to give me Terry Rozier? Uh, he's not the one that I'm like really high on, but again, you know, I'm, I'm finding out does Boston want to dump Marcus Smart? Um those type of things I'd be willing to explore because I have the flexibility. Why not take the calls? Why not figure out what you can get? Um, because it, I just think that there's this opportunity to really do something here. And who knows that, you know, like I'm setting up all these expectations are probably going to be a dud, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, why not, why not explore all these things? Yeah, no, it makes sense. I, I, I think it's, I'm, I'm kind of thinking more about my answer. I'm just kind of, I'm laughing at it a little bit because of the podcast we recorded a couple months back where we talked about, you know, offense or defense. Do you can, can you just punt on defense and just, and, and, and uh, go all on offense. And I feel like my answer of, of, of going for buddy and taking the, um, having them pay it for us to take on buddy versus the Harrison Barnes scenario is kind of hilarious because B.I. Zion and buddy ain't stopping anybody. <laughs> You know, what if, again, similar to that silly Charlotte trade, what if it was 17, um, you, you send the King 17 and they give you nine and buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're back to where you were, except now you've got, instead of Bledsoe, you've got a, a, a more longer term expensive player, but a better, a better player for sure for this team. Yeah, no. And yeah, it's, it is basically back to where you were, but <laughs> But you know, it's interesting stuff there. Um, I yeah, I don't I don't know if that like really moves the needle, but fun fun to think about the weird creative possibilities. My personal two favorite personal targets are uh, Duncan Robinson and and Tim Hardaway Jr. I, I really think those guys and their shooting would be just amazing fits on this team. So I I, I know Tim Hardaway Jr. had a great season last year, but do you feel like it's uh, I feel like he's is it sustainable? I mean, he had a great season the year before that too, bro. Check his stats. Check him. Basketball reference. <laughs> yeah, but he's still. I don't know. I I I guess I guess it's I, I guess I'm buying the uptick, but it's a significant increase year over year last year and this year versus everything else in his career. Because like but look at like look at the volume. Right, like he's he was at he's at seven and a half uh attempts a game uh basically for the last two years um on on average and and he's hit 39.8 39.1 so he's right under 40 right at that tick under 40 and he shot really well 
you know, I mean, that's, that's, okay, I'm, I'm telling you right now, that's a thousand, 1,042 attempts over the last two years. That's really high volume. Yeah. And no, no arguments. I just think it's, it's, you know, he, he shot, he had pretty high volume a few years before that too. And it shot 31.7%, 34%. So, um, Look, I, I think I think the improvement is clearly real. Um, I just I just worry about some sort of regression. But um, but I mean, no, he, I I am very I would be very interested in, in adding him to this team as well. Yeah, so I mean, he's he's one I think is gettable because I think Dallas uh, may decide to be a cap room team, and if they decide to be a cap room team because they want to pursue I don't know John Collins or Kyle Lowry or whoever. Um, they have to do what the Pelicans would have to do if they want to be a cap room team is, is renounce their free agent. So I'd be very curious if he was gettable uh, for that reason. Likewise with Miami, you know, their owner, Mickey Aronson has taken a lot of losses in the, in the cruise line industry. Is he willing to shell out money to, to retain Duncan Robinson while they're, the roster's getting pretty expensive? I don't know. Um, pretty franchise. Property franchise. Yeah, no. I, I really like those two fits. And, and, you know, if it's not those two fits, I'm looking at the two Utah guys um, really trying to figure out a way to get them. I think, I think those are my favorite uh, additions just because I think the Pelicans need shooting that that need has not disappeared at all. That aspect has not been solved. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's very clear to say, and, and you're less than one three point attempt per game from Jonas Valens. Jonas is not going to, uh, not going to get it done. Um, but at least you've moved off of a guy who was taking a lot of those shots and missing them, which is Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> so, uh, I, I want to, I want to, um, start moving this towards a close. The one thing I do want to highlight is that the Pelicans do not have to figure out what they are, you know, are they an over the cap team or under the cap team yet until the trades are finalized. Um, and, and the trades can't be finalized until August the 6th and free agency opens August the 2nd. So hopefully in those four days, they have a really good idea of what the hell is going on with Lonzo, what's going on with Kyle Lowry, what's going on, you know, whoever their targets are personally, if I love the guy like Duncan Robinson, I would be on his doorstep at midnight and just, you know, get that, situation sorted out he is restricted although i don't know for sure if miami has rescinded uh, or offered a qualifying offer they actually can reduce his cap hold by rescinding it and 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 still hold on to his bird rights because he's a second round pick it's like a really weird i don't know it, it's it's a weird structure where his cap hold goes down but they hold on to his bird rights and and they can they can still sign him so i don't know if they've if made him restricted officially yet or not the best practice is to put the offer out there and cause you can always resend it later. Um, but I would, I would be willing to, you know, show up on his doorstep at midnight or Tim Hardaway's doorstep at midnight. And especially with Dallas, like put them in a position to make a decision on who they want to be as a team. Cause Tim Hardaway's unrestricted. He can walk instantaneously and, and they have a new front office and a new coaching staff. There is, there's no, you know, like there's no loyalty there. There's no holdover. Double sign and trade. Double sign and trade with Lonzo, right? Yep. That's right. Double sign and trade. Yeah. And that way, you know, you still, you, you act as an above the cap team and still have $18 million as your trade exception on the other side there. Yep. It, Lonzo can make, make some sense in, in Dallas. 
Well, he, he, he's still, so if you act above the cap, it's that base year compensation issue where his outgoings and account as like 11 million. And so you can't be taking back more than 16, but you can make it work, right? Because you have Wenyan and Wes Ubuntu who are two minimum level contracts that can balance the, you know, it's, it's not, it's not difficult, but it just makes it unnecessarily complicated. Right. Right. So yeah, uh, any any final thoughts on on this trade? Uh, the every, everything else. I'm sure we're going to be recording. I was going to say the same thing, man. I was like, uh, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll Maybe talk about every it day. later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Willie Green press conference is tomorrow. Um, sure, we'll get some clips out of that or whatnot. I I might you know depending on what the Pelicans do. I will, I, you know, I'm probably going to end up writing an explainer on, on what they're going to do when they do it. I, I feel like I've covered the options already, the pathways they can take, but when they finally, yeah, they can still surprise me. They can still like, you know, they can turn this t- into a three team trade or whatever. I don't know. There's still things that they can do that I can be like, Oh, I didn't see this coming. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted with uh, the, everything that's going on. Um, yeah. I think, I think we got it. Yeah. Yeah, talk to y'all probably very, very soon. See y'all. What's up, everybody? I'm Bladen. I'm Matt. And I'm Theo. And we are Stay Hot, the only podcast that gives you the hottest analysis and takes on the NFL and NBA all year round. I know that there's a lot of losers and haters out there who don't think three sports TikTokers can hang for a full pod, but, you know, we're going to prove them all wrong. We're about to dive deep into the NFL draft and are already hitting the NBA playoffs. So watch Stay Hot on YouTube or listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.